0: Sox fans, how you guys doing tonight? We got a uh, doubleheader going on right now. In the uh, top of the six, Sox are down 3-1 to one to the Twins. My name is Ian Eskridge. I am here with my co-host, Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny?
1: Doing fantastic, but uh, I'd be doing a lot better if maybe the uh, Chicago White Sox looked like they actually wanted to win one of these two games tonight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know uh, what exactly is going... You know, I heard the plan was to start uh, either Kopech or Reynaldo Lopez for the second game of this doubleheader. And depending on what happened in the first game. And uh, not much happened in the first game. Uh, Lance Lynn pretty much cruised the entire game. And then... uh, Crochet came in, gave up uh, gave up a couple of runs, and then uh, Burr came in, and uh, then they managed to uh, blow that game, which was pretty pretty sad, really. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm just driving home in my car, just uh, listening to the game, and it's so aggravating.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I talked Uh, Before we went live here I uh, didn't get a chance to See much of that game Actually any of that game Other than a couple of highlights here and there Uh, You know Doing the uh, work thing But uh, you know After uh, talking with you And uh, looking over some of the uh, Some of the stories that are out there uh, Really quickly after that game It it just sounds like the end of that game Was somewhat ugly If you will Uh, You know White Sox have always had or well, at least back in the eighties they seem to be trying to revitalize an old saying, but uh winning ugly was one of those things that uh, was always a White Sox thing. But losing ugly has been one of those things that uh, has a tough pill to swallow these days. Even yeah, when you, did, they, you know, you're done a
0: couple times games up. this year. Yeah. That's, you know, they've had some pretty ugly some pretty ugly losses. Uh you know, I don't know whether they're showcasing Reynaldo and why they just decided not to pitch Kopech. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I mean, I know that I was looking forward to hopefully getting uh, some innings of Kopech, and instead uh, we get treated to uh, Reynaldo, and then uh, immediately right after that, we get the uh, 27th man for the day, uh, Matt Foster, coming in. Um, so I'm not mm. entirely sure if this is like the uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation type thing, you know, where... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's a doubleheader. I mean, I'm just saying. You know, we the the bullpen hasn't seen; they didn't see hardly any work at all in the Houston series, which we'll get to in a, in a little bit. But none of them, right. you know, the only Hendricks pitched. That's you know, like that's you know, you had you had uh, I forget who else came in in the cease game, but I mean, you you had you know.
1: I mean, you had the all-star break.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And then you had, you know, you had a series that it turned out pretty well against Houston, but very little bullpen usage. And, uh, you know, we get a doubleheader here today. Uh, you know, you you plan for two seven-inning games. We got eight innings in the first game. And, again, bullpen not being used, or at least the better part of the bullpen not being used when you know you're playing two games and and you're throwing out, like you said, the 27th man, it, it leads me to, uh, you know, start questioning our boy TLR again, eight game lead in the division or whatever it is, nine game, nine, 10 game lead in the, you know, leaves you scratching your head wondering why and why why we're not, you know, 15 games up right now.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, I, we, we've we had uh, the conversation about, uh, you know, Kopech and Crochet both being limited in their innings this season. And um, this is kind of one of those ones where I kind of throw my hands up. I, I don't know what's what exactly is going on. I don't understand why you don't throw Kopech in this game. I mean, that's what they said they were going to do at the beginning of the season. So why are they not doing it? the kid right never spot pitches. start was
1: supposed to be his the spot starts were supposed to be his never that's what we heard pitches. and you know you look at it uh Ray goes three innings there's no reason michael kopech can't go three innings he's done it a few times already this season there's no reason he can't do it again against a division rival who you haven't lost to at home at all this season until today and now it looks like potentially you could go with two back-to-back doubleheader losses at home against the twins today. Uh, it, you know, there were questionable moves across the board, hopefully, uh, in the next, uh, inning, couple of innings here, you know, maybe the Sox can pull something together and, you know, we can walk away with a split and a doubleheader here, but yeah, definitely leaves, uh, a, a lot to be desired.
0: You know, there's that, uh, that old narrative that, uh, you hear that uh, teams get up for certain opponents and then when, you know, like the, uh, you know, the, uh, what is it? The, uh, I'm trying to think of it in football. They, uh, something let down. I can't remember what it is, but I I can't remember the term off the top of my head right now, but it's like, you get up for that big game. Oh, trap game. Like this totally seems like a trap, like a, a trap doubleheader, I guess, since they're playing two today. They, come out of that Houston series where they just... The last two games, they bludgeoned the Astros. You know, right. just made them look silly. And then you got Lance Lynn going today. Throws a gem, so, by the way. Yeah, throws great. You blow that game, and then you come out in the first inning with Reynaldo Lopez as your starter. It's like everybody just... I'm sure... <laughs> you know i don't want to speak for anybody but uh you know if i know that uh i'm on the team and i know that you know ronaldo's going out for that uh that second start i'm kind of just uh well we already know what's going to happen in this one you know like that kind of, yeah. that kind of thinking so you know and then of course you know in the first inning he goes out and gives up a home run you know or or uh, what was it uh was it a home run was it Nelson Cruz hit that home run? Or was that, was that not the first uh, thing I can't remember? It's they kind of both games are just kind of blending. The, Nelly Cruz
1: hit one in the first game. Oh, okay. Uh, the oh, second yeah, yeah. game, yeah, 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 yeah. first inning there was, uh, it was, uh, fly. It
0: was a, yeah,
1: yeah. Error slash, you know, sack fly brings a guy in. Um, and then he did, uh, he did give up a, a home run, uh, I believe it was in the second inning. Um, so Yeah, so Ray Lowe comes out. He pitches a couple of innings. He gives up a couple of runs. One earned, if I'm not mistaken, because of the error in the first. I don't remember if it occurred before or after the run which it scored. But, um, yeah, you know, it's just if you're trying to showcase these guys, if I, I that's the only reason I could even think you're going to put, you know, Raylo out there and then follow up with
0: both of those home runs were garver like it like we had talked about earlier he oh yeah he, he's okay. had two home runs in this game
1: it, it so, seems like he's hit you know he's got 10 home runs on the season it seems like he's hit like seven of them against the Sox. you know there we go so as we're watching here my pick to click tonight for the second game Yoan mancada goes yard to bring it within one so uh, here in the bottom of the six with two outs, we're looking at uh, Minnesota three, White Sox two. Yeah, so don't we'll on. Some... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah, we'll see again, some late inning
0: heroics. Again, the Moncada home run goes like three feet over the fence. Hey. <laughs> so so bizarre. I, I'm not complaining. I'm just simply pointing out that every time he's hit a home run recently, it's like it just barely goes over the fence. It's kind of kind of strange.
1: I'm just happy to see the lefty stroke working a little bit right now. Yeah, uh, for sure. There were some struggles early on from the left-hand side of the plate. Uh, you know, I don't know. I like to think that, uh, you know, these guys are just, uh, get you know, gearing up after a 60-game season last year. I know we use that excuse a lot, and we're just a couple of middle-aged guys doing a podcast slash live stream, and who knows what we know. But, uh, you know... I think that, uh, you know, Jose has kind of showed a little bit of, uh, pop here recently. He kind of seems to have figured some things out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Maybe Yohan is going to heat up. You know, we are into the, we are well into the warmer months now. So I would like to see this white Sox offense and it has exploded here lately. We just talked about the Houston series. So, um, you know, we'll see if that continues, but, uh, I don't, really don't care if you want to only hit some three feet out. If they go, they go, you know, I'll take it.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to complain too much. You know, I'm just, like I said, just, you know, making an observation. It's kind of weird how like, uh, you know, we're used to him, you know, just hitting like lasers, Bombs. you know, <laughs> like laser 400 footers, you know, to, uh, right. the right field corner. And, uh, I don't know, just hasn't been happening so much this year. I mean, he's, you know, obviously, you know, like we we talked about this before, is that he was on pace for like a six-war, seven-war season earlier, you know, and he was on a crazy on-base percentage run, yet uh, it was done, you know, almost without home runs because he hasn't been hitting too many home runs, you know? It's crazy.
1: Correct. Absolutely i'm sorry i'm uh I'm actually texting the wife to see if she can uh, bring me a drink so that I don't have to get up in the middle of our uh stream here but uh or in in the middle of the game either you know that too super that important. too hey super those important. are uh wifely duties right
0: absolutely uh not really <laughs> but uh you know yeah um, so uh yesterday um I hopped on uh the good guy's talk back. Uh, podcast with uh, Nick and Pat and uh, had a nice time on there. So if you guys uh, are looking for podcast material to listen to, uh, not only Daily White Sox, please take a listen, download, take a listen. Uh, The Good Guys Talk Back podcast as well. Um, Good guys had a lot of fun. And uh, I think at some point we'll end up having uh, either Nick or Pat or both. I I don't know. We'll have... Have both of those guys on here and uh yeah, good guys.
1: Sounds like it'll be a good time. I'm uh, looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. So, well, I mean, at least we get uh at least we get a Yoan home run and um there's been some I mean, there's been a couple of positives today. You know. I mean, Lynn of course looked great. I mean, his his uh his command early in the uh early in the game uh in game 1 he was kind of all over the place. Uh, as uh DJ termed it on the radio, uh, effectively wild, um, and he was at like 50 pitches in the fifth inning or something, 55 pitches in the fifth inning, and uh, I don't know, it just looked like he was rolling, and then and then he's not in the game after uh, I think he I think he walked somebody, maybe is a why I is why he got taken out, but I mean. I don't know. Kind of when he got taken out, I was like, what's going on here? Like, why are we doing this? And, uh, yeah, I don't know. They brought Crochet in, and, uh, we've had this conversation before as well is that, uh, you know, we were talking about earlier about his velocity, but I mean, we kind of have had the conversation that his numbers are kind of, uh, a facade, if you will, um, Good numbers, but we see underlying issues. And in the last, like, I don't know, I'd say like three weeks, month or so, they've started to show up and they're leading to runs instead of, uh, you know, hard line outs and whatever. So I don't know the, uh, you know, I, I (laughs) we thought the bullpen was going to be. The team's strength at the beginning of the year, and you know there were T-shirts all over the all over the uh, interwebs on Twitter. Bullpen is mighty, uh, not so much.
1: Yeah, well, you know, uh, we we have talked about it in the past where we have noticed that uh, Crochet's fastball velocity, his velocity across the board, has been down. And not just a little. He's been down considerably most of the season. Uh, There's been some speculation as to, you know, that's a team thing. uh, That's a coaching thing. They're just trying to stretch him out over the long season, being that he was drafted just last year, uh, never played a, a season anywhere near as long as an MLB season. And they want to get him ready to be, you know, the starter that he was drafted to be and whatnot. But you know, there there comes a point now. I think where we're start, we're in the you know we're getting to the second half. We're getting close to the trade deadline here, and uh, you got to wonder if they're going to cut the kid loose at all. Uh, you and I talked about this. He has gotten, he's hitting, he he hit ninety eight. I think it was his last time out before today. You were saying, yeah. Um,
0: yeah.
1: But you know, ninety eight is a far cry from one hundred one, one hundred two, one hundred three. When your fastball doesn't move at all. So Aaron uh,
0: Oh, that that was a nasty sequence right there. Yeah. Oh man. Uh
1: so real quick we got Kendall chiming in. And uh, you know, obviously he's kind of uh it looks like he is um agreeing with us, you know, here with the uh the whole scenario of, you know, going out and putting a beat down on the Astros and then coming back and just absolutely flailing in the late innings against the twins and crochet blowing up a couple of times here, uh, in the late innings as well. And, you know, I get that, you know, again, he says that you don't think that you see crochet unleash until late August. I you know, I understand that. I understand that, you know, they want to stretch him out, like we said, but at some point, you gotta let the kid go. You gotta let it fly. I wanna see what he can do before we get into a playoff push. Cause we, you know, especially I'd like to see it happen before the trade deadline. Because honestly, if if you're you're looking to at your bullpen to be as strong as we talked about, it should be. And as all the experts thought it was gonna be, if not the top bullpen in baseball, one of the top bullpen's in baseball. And it's had its struggles this season. Don't you want to see what you got before the trade deadline comes around? Me personally, I'd like to see the kid go out there and throw hard the next three or four times out to know that, you know, the same Garrett Crochet that we saw last year is still there. Because if not, we're, you know, we got to start looking at at possible, you know, bullpen arms.
0: Yeah. Well, my question is, what are you waiting for?
1: What's up, Xavier?
0: You know, like, Welcome what to the what, chat. What are you waiting for? You know, if you're talking about getting, you know, they said that they were going to try and get these guys like 100 innings, and here we are, you know, like, what are we, like 70-something, 80-something games into the season, and they've got like, I don't know, like 30 innings. When are they going to pitch at this point, you know? I mean, like, you have other guys in the bullpen as well, and I assume that there's probably going to be a deal here you know, where you're going to bring somebody else in. So if you bring in, you know, say they bring in, you know, like uh, uh, say Rodriguez from Pittsburgh or something like that, you know, where it's a guy who's got some stuff. One of these guys is going to pitch, you know? You've right. got, you got plenty of other guys, you know, and, you know, with the way the starters have been pitching, you know, realistically, you know, when Gio, Rodon, and Lynn go out there, you don't need that much bullpen help. You know, and Cease, you know, for as much crap as he gets, um, hasn't really been all that bad, realistically. I mean, everybody uh, was complaining about his walks. This year, he's uh, I think he's fifth in MLB in least amount of walks in, like uh, by a starting pitcher. So he cut down on his walks. You know, I mean... I don't know. When you know are these
1: he's going to be a solid piece of the rotation. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. I think I uh, see Kendall saying in the chat, uh, they are probably going to go for a bullpen regardless. But again, I just want to see what these guys got and when are they going to pitch. And, you know, let's go back to tonight's game. We You talked about Michael Kopech. It was talked about that it was either going to be Raylo or Michael Kopech getting a start tonight. Uh, Raylo goes three innings. Michael Kopech has gone three innings multiple times already this season. hasn't pitched. We had the we had the the All Star break. We had the Houston series. Bullpen was hardly used. Why is Michael Kopech not getting that start? It's he can easily go three innings. He showed it time and time again.
0: Yeah, uh, trying to get my uh, my levels set up here. For some reason, there there we go. Yeah, for some reason my volume was really. Really far down compared to yours. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. This, uh, you know, uh, Kendall says maybe they're fearing his injury in the playoffs. I don't know. <laughs> you know, if if that injury is a thing, and it actually is, uh, something that they are realistically afraid of.
1: He probably shouldn't be throwing it all right now.
0: Yeah what's it What's it A, <laughs> why is he in MLB? and not in the minors, and, like, I, I just, I don't, you know, I've seen James Fox complain about this, like, a hundred times on Twitter, so, like, it's, like, one of those things where I didn't want to, uh, you know, pile on about it, you know, but really, what what are they doing with Crochet? What are they doing? You know, like, he pitches once a week up here, for one inning, and that's it. And they're so, holding him
1: back, to the, and he gets shelled. Yeah, he's, you're not he's, helping he's him for a 96 that so gets teed off on.
0: Yeah, if 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 in reality they are telling him to keep his velocity down because they want him to pitch more innings as a starter, then you can't have him pitch one inning a week because that's all he's doing is pitching one inning a week. You can't do that and expect him to be able to find his spots with any kind of consistency whatsoever. It's it's not doing him any favors. Like I just I do not understand. And you know, I'm not I'm not arguing with the results of the White Sox as a team because clearly.
1: You know, there's there there you know I you can't say anything about the best record in baseball.
0: Yeah, I mean they're nineteen games above five hundred, you know, soon to be eighteen games above five hundred if they keep up like this. But <laughs> you know, I mean there's not much to I mean, with the with the contributions from guys like, you know, Goodwin that's up right now, Hamilton, um, Berger, Sheets, uh, Zavala, Speaking you know, like just, of Goodwin. Yeah, I mean, just like all these, all these guys that you don't expect anything from, Jake Lamb, you know, and Larry Garcia is actually, he stepped it up and he's played like a very prominent role and he's had his moments. I mean, you know, I mean, say what you will about him being a, a utility player and whatever, but I mean, the contributions that you've gotten from people that you had absolutely no expectations from and like they they weren't even there in spring training, half of them, so I mean clearly something is going right, but you know there's a couple of things that just make you scratch your head and you're like what why why are you doing it this way? I don't understand- like and i I don't work for the team, so I guess I don't have to understand, but I mean, just as an observer from the outside, you know you look at how. Crochet's being handled, and I just I don't understand how they think that it's doing them or him any favors at all.
1: No, I agree one thousand percent. There's the you're not doing the team or the man any favors whatsoever. Uh It could be handled a, a couple of different ways, and it it just seems like whatever the plan is. And they're not letting us in. On uh, it is it's confusing to me. I, I don't know what the plan is, and I, I can't figure it out. Vaughn just got hit by a pitch. We've got runners on first and second with nobody out in the bottom of the seventh, and Barrios looks like he is losing his command quite quickly here.
0: Oh, he's so. at eighty-eight pitches. About it's about that time. Yeah. But uh yeah, man. I like that. Yeah, that whole thing's you know and. You know, Kendall says uh, they just want to save his hundred plus for crunch time, and l- my point is is that if you are, I mean, if that's realistically what they're doing, is they're trying to save his innings for for later on in the year. If he's not any good, what are you waiting for? Because he hasn't been very good the last month and a half,
1: right. The other thing is, is, you know, they talk about getting, you know, the term you hear all the time is stretching these guys out. And like you said, at at one inning a week, I don't feel like you're really stretching anything out. You can throw all the the side bullpen sessions you want, but, you know, game speed is a lot different. And, you know, it just doesn't seem, in my opinion, you know, again, I'm not a coach, I'm not a manager, I'm not a trainer. But in my opinion, it doesn't seem like you're doing the, the stretching out that you have said you were going to do, and it was the plan from the get-go at the beginning of the season this year. Um, and, uh, you know, I agree with Kendall. I don't know why uh, Billy Hamilton is in the game pinch running here. We got two runners on, nobody out, bottom to seventh down by one. You got Gavin Sheets, who's a lefty, who's going to hit Barrios better than anybody else. You would think you'd want the speed on second base, at least now, if they didn't bring him in when he was on first. You'd want that speed on second base. Well, I guess it doesn't matter now. He's going to get third. Everybody's going to move up 90 feet on a wild pitch here. So, (laughs) Sorry, I know some of you guys are a little bit behind Uh, on the stream. I'm watching live. So uh, just bear with me here. You'll see what I'm talking about. I'm running
0: like 15 seconds behind. 'Cause um I'm using the app. What I really should do is I should just hook up one of my monitors. I I've been meaning to buy another T V so I can just hook up my uh feed from the satellite box in here. Uh, but I haven't I, I've done it to one of my computer monitors, unfortunately, and I'm using both of my computer monitors for this, so can't really use it right now. So uh, you it know. but you know, so I just watch it on a you know, a, a very legal uh stream instead okay 15 seconds behind (laughs) so
1: yeah we've got Um, uh sheets is uh three and oh now with nobody out runners on second and third so maybe we can put something on there and uh i imagine that if uh sheets walks or gets on base here it uh brios's day will be done but i agree i don't i can't imagine that uh I don't understand why he stayed in the game at this point. His command was obviously starting to fall apart here since the beginning of the inning. So
0: yeah, well they did use. Uh, they speaking of, I, I was gonna bring. I was I thought about bringing this up earlier today. Um, Alcala, the reliever for the Twins. Yes, obviously the Twins are going nowhere if the White Sox can pick him up. I know that they won't want to trade in their division, but holy crap, Sheets. that guy! You know, like that guy can pitch and he's i mean the white Sox would be would be good to keep an eye on that monitor yeah no i yeah I, i'm i i saw the alert already i'm just waiting for the actual video to pop up hey there it goes that's a that's a walk off winner huh? all right well we split all right
1: i'll take well, the we split we should have
0: been a sweep should have been Should've a sweep
1: been. should have been so i did the
0: fact that but we hey. had to wait on, ladening heroics, from Gavin Sheets to not get swept by, by on a, in a doubleheader by the fricking twins, insane. Oh, yes, yes. yeah. Hey, he gets a little. Uh, Rios is not happy. So nice nah, friend. Yeah, you I, know. You know, I gotta say, I I do I love that. <laughs>
1: ah gotta love it yep you know the other question i have about this game tonight we've talked about the pitching we've talked about Raylo. we've talked about bringing in matt foster the 27th man that's here for the doubleheader um you know we haven't talked about is the guy who is setting franchise records uh on the team right now in our uh, starting shortstop tim anderson and you know i get that he was part of the all-star game for the you know whatever inning he was in and uh didn't get in an it bat. And, you know, he's played a big role in, in the Houston series and he hit a dinger earlier today. But uh, you know, he's setting records in in uh franchise, you know, games with a, a run and a hit, a run scored and a hit. He's got 60, 16 sixteen-game hitting streak, I believe, or sixteen-game on base streak, uh, twelve games with a hit. Yeah, uh, you know, he's he's doing all kinds of great things. Why are we Sitting Tim Anderson. I mean, is the guy, uh, is he wore out? Does he need a break and a doubleheader on a, on a, on a Monday night against a, a division rival? It's, uh, you know, I don't know. He's let's, very uh, tired.
0: He's very tired.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's get a look at, uh, leary Garcia in the leadoff spot. Hooray. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well, you know Barrios is pitching, so we got to get that lefty bat up there in, in, in the in the leadoff spot.
0: Barrios is real uh-huh. tough on right right handed pitching. I will agree with you on that, Kendall. That that goes. I, I totally agree. However, uh, yeah, Leary's got to play. T T A is uh, still a you know still a better. Does Mendic? Does Mendick need to play? Uh, he played. Uh, he played yesterday. And he had right. uh, two two big. He had an RBI and then he scored a run. Yeah, right. You know, he doesn't need to play that much. Um, he certainly doesn't need to play as much as uh, you know, we're <laughs> beating up TLR about playing Jake Lamb every, you know, every day, right. or five right. days out of seven. Right.
1: So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know you were. <laughs> I know you were joking, Kendall. It's all good. Mm. Well, you know what? I'll take the split. Yeah, you know what? And I, good on Gavin Sheets. I mean, the guys come up here, and we talked about him a little bit early in the in the season, off season, even uh, about him making the switch, spending uh, last year, you know, with not getting the call to, uh, you know, take the time to uh, sit down with his dad or I should say not sit down but actually go out and work out with his dad and make an adjustment to play the outfield and now he's come up here and he's done nothing but produce so good on him good to see him and Jake Berger coming up and doing the things that they're doing gotta love it gotta love it
0: yeah yeah Um, so speaking of uh, Gavin Sheets and uh, Jake Berger and Danny Mendick and uh, guys such as that uh we have the trade deadline coming up here.
1: I we do. Sorry. I, I'm laughing I mean, at the right now. I'm just <laughs> I'm just
0: saying. You know, uh so you have to imagine that if there are trades made that at least at least one of these guys is gone. I mean you've right. got Vaughn and Abreu. Sometimes Grandal, even though you don't want to see that. You've got Aloy coming back, who at some point maybe you forced to first base because he's terrible in the outfield. You have. To say
1: he's going to be better at first base. Instead of diving in the nets, he might be diving into dugouts. <laughs>
0: you know i mean wrap him in wrap him in bubble wrap i don't i don't know what i don't know what else to tell you at this point i mean the the guy is a walking disaster in the field but it, i mean i keep on hearing the narrative that he can't just be a dh because you have to you know play grandal you can't sit grandal you know Abreu's going to DH sometimes. I mean, like, you know, I keep hearing this all over the place. So, you know, you've got first base, which you got Gavin Sheets, no clear path. He's not a right fielder, despite having worked into enough shape to play in right field. He's not an outfielder. No, you know we've. Wa- I mean, you just watch him in the outfield. He doesn't pay. He doesn't take bad routes. He's not a bad outfielder. He's just lumbering and not an outfielder. You know, I mean, it's just not. That's not where he's at. I mean, possibly he gets better. But you know, supposedly you have a bunch of guys that are you know vying for that right field spot you got Yoelki Sespedes we're signing Colas we've got Mike Ardolfo who's still here which he's another one of those guys that it's entirely possible that he's gone at the trade deadline because I don't know how much of the uh how many how many of the tweets you've been looking at but i mean he's hitting the ball he's he's finally uh-huh. he's he's starting to uh to be that guy that you you know that everybody dreamed on with his power now he's still got a bunch of swing and miss but you know he's, he's now but showing... there's a lot of clubs
1: out there that he can help with if he's going to hit some bombs and yeah. you know uh his he, you know, he's a little bit older than you would like him to be coming up as a rookie but you know a lot of that's because of you know the setbacks that he's had with injuries. Uh, maybe he has finally figured it out and put it all together, and you know, there might be some teams out there that see some value in that. So, uh, I have seen his name come up a lot in you know, proposed trades, but uh, you know, this is we're talking about Facebook and the uh, Twitterverse, or as yeah. I like to, uh, as I like to call it, the Twitterverse. Mm-mm, mm-mm, pardon my French, but uh, you know. I don't know how much of that you can really, you know, buy into when you're you're looking at armchair GMs. But I got to I got to say that, that, you know, there are teams out there that are looking for outfielders, uh, Yankees being one of them that could use an outfielder with a little bit of pop.
0: They could use a whole <laughs> lot of stuff. And you know what? I'm not. Uh, I'm not really feeling like giving them anything. They don't have anything mm. that I really, really want. Do You want to give
1: me Garrett Cole and pay all of his salary? Cool. Fine. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, other no, than I'm just—I was know. just throwing it out there because you know they're usually the most vocal fans on uh, Twitter, yeah, and they—they uh, uh, they feel like they deserve everything. So that was yeah. kind of a tongue-in-cheek uh, mention there.
0: Yeah, no, I—I I not I'm just, you know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Kendall says uh, thoughts on the rumor about a reliever going for Escobar. I haven't seen it. There are so many rumors. I don't know which one in particular you're talking about. So. Uh, I don't know tell me uh the legend of Gavin sheets was born today i uh, you know I don't know he hit uh he hit a couple of home runs he's hit some big ones
1: uh he's been producing you know, pretty much since he's come up i, I you know uh maybe this walk off three run bomb is might be the biggest one yeah, yet, no. so yeah I can see where Grim's going there uh but uh yeah, we I mean we could talk about Grimtal's boy for a little bit hitting bombs. <laughs> who's that, Gavin Sheets? His, his favorite player. Who's Grim, who's Grimtal's favorite player? Or uh, most hated player, I guess I'm being Carlos pacific. Quentin is his favorite player. No, current. A... <laughs> and and I'm sa I'm saying, you know, his, his most hated player current that he likes to uh step on all over in the in our, our chat all the time. Hmm. I don't know. Was it wasn't it uh wasn't he a Yasmani? No, no, he's no. no, no, okay. No, he's uh
0: yeah, maybe he's, I'm uh... Yeah, he's not uh he's not one of he's not one of those guys.
1: I I could be confused, but but uh...
0: but uh he he is a uh he is a Dodgers fan. So uh, you know, when we got when we got Yasmani, you know, he was like, Oh, here we go cuz uh he saw his uh his fielding in the playoffs where he, you know, he had some pass balls and whatever. I don't.
1: Know. Yeah. And there yeah, well it it did happen. I will say that. So. Yeah, Larry. And, you know, there were a lot of people Larry that were uh they weren't hesitant to point that out by the way, you know. Uh he sucks. Yeah,
0: oh, man, I don't even want to go down that one. I I don't no, I don't we've, want we've to talk about Yasmani. He's uh he's on he's on the IL. I don't want he's to talk about moon. him. I'm so tired of the the Yasmani hate that I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna well, say. Well, yeah, you know why
2: what?
1: We have... I'm Let's not uh, let's I'm not change it up here one. a little bit. Let's change it up here a little bit since the game's over and we saw some uh, walk off heroics from uh, the legend of. Kevin sheets <laughs> as crimped has said, uh, let's talk about some positives. We, we have a, a Lance Lynn extension to talk about here in the last couple of days. Uh, yes. Two years, $38 million with an option for 2024, I believe. Yeah. Team option. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the haters that said, uh, the white Sox lost the trade on that. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. I wasn't thrilled about the trade. You and I were pretty vocal about that, but, uh, you know, Lance Lynn's been dealing all season, as he does, and he's uh, he's eating some innings. He's, you'd like to see him get deeper into some of those games early on in the season where he was only going five when he was, you know, one of those guys that was known for seven or eight. But, uh, you know, he uh, has lowered his ERA yet again to jump in front of our very own Carlos Rodon for the American League lead in ERA yet again. And, uh, yeah,
0: two, so- possibly
1: three more years of Lance Lynn
0: yeah so uh we just we just extended him, so do you think that him getting pulled early today? do you think that has to do with them trying to conserve him for the future years that he just signed for <laughs> trying to save those bullets for uh for the next three seasons
1: yeah maybe i yeah you know. so, so
0: they could blow the game earlier yeah <laughs> uh,
1: so yeah I well him. he I think he was still up, he was up in the eighties right eighty close to ninety pitches, so. You know, and you did talk about that a little bit earlier when we talked about game one of today. Uh, he His pitch count was a little bit higher than you would like it to be. So, I mean, I imagine that was probably the reason that Lance Lynn got pulled. You know, it didn't look like he was going to have another one of his 120, 130 pitch outings. So,
0: yeah. So, uh, we've yeah. got uh, from Bozy70 here. Uh, uh, hello, I am near. Hey. Uh, long-time listener, uh, first-time caller. Uh I feel low <laughs> batting average is the only method to measure a batter. I will hang up and listen
1: nice, very nice. <laughs> you, can always, yeah. uh, you can always expect a chuckle from Brennan. <laughs> Thank you for that. uh we do appreciate it,
0: yeah, so i mean you you know how I felt about the uh the Dane Dunong uh <laughs> and uh Avery Weems for uh Lance Lynn trade. You know, I wasn't unhappy about getting uh, Lance Lynn, you know, but I was bummed that we that we lost Dunning. And uh, so here's here's where I think the uh, the uh, the thing that uh, Kendall loves to talk about, which is false equivalency. Um, People like to talk about uh, the fact that Dane Dunning is not putting up the kind of numbers in Texas that everybody was talking about when he was traded, saying, hey, look at this, see how Lance Lynn, see how awesome he is, and Dane Dunning's not doing so good. You're stupid. And, um, <laughs> like, the thing that I have to say about that is is that you see the difference in Rodon this year. You see the difference in Cease this year. There are definite things being done by Ethan Katz, that are shaping this pitching staff. Now, flip the coin on that. Not just for now, for the future. Correct. But flip the coin on that, Dane Dunning went to Texas.
1: Where pitchers go to die. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the only
0: guys who do well in Texas are guys that were already, like, fairly talented and already a finished product they don't develop pitching you know they haven't developed pitching in a long time they do not to say that this you know like what dane dunning's results are would be what he would be having here i think is uh is indeed that uh, false equivalency that we, that we talk about. It's just, it's one does not equal the other. You know, it's, I don't, I don't think it's fair to say that uh, uh, Bruce Levine, uh, Dane Dunong, um, that uh, Dane Dunong's numbers wouldn't be better in Chicago than they are in Arlington.
1: Uh, We get a Derek Holland mention in the chat. What kind of path are we going down tonight? This is going to be a fun, fun live stream tonight. I can see it already. We're already having too much fun. Hey, Let's actually,
0: you know, uh, Bozy, speaking of uh, Derek Holland, um, he is uh, Dutch Oven on uh, on Twitch here. I think it's uh, Dutch Oven 45, I think it is. I can't remember. But, he's uh, yeah, he's on here. He does... Um, He does a podcast on here and streams on here all the time. He's a nice, nice dude. Um, He's on, uh, does a like a a stream podcast with a couple of friends of mine that I talk to quite often on here. So, um, but yeah, I I have to say like one of my favorite things ever. Let's get him on the show. As far as, see what I can do. I mean, you know, certainly wouldn't hurt anything. Um, One of my (laughs) favorite things ever is Derek Holland's photo shoot from Texas where he's wearing the cowboy hat. Have you seen that? Have you seen those?
1: I have not, but I am definitely <laughs> awesome. I am definitely gonna do myself a uh, Google search on that one tonight, brother. Yeah, I know. It's it's it's
0: <laughs> it's funny stuff. Like uh, the the one thing, you know, like when you look at like uh when you look at photo shoots for players one thing that you never see on those photo shoots is anybody like really goofing around. And if and if you do hear like somebody's a goof, like you never see any of those pictures actually get out. But his like there's like I don't know, half dozen pictures like just really goofy pictures out there floating around of him uh, wearing cowboy hey, hat. I will and...
1: be I'm no joke. I'll be looking for that later on tonight as soon as we're done. Uh, I will definitely be looking that up.
0: Yeah, his uh, his streams are entertaining. He's a he's a good he is a a good watch on Twitch. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh yeah, I you know yeah <laughs> having Bruce Levine in in the in the locker room and then having to talk to that guy after a game. Well, I'd want to murder somebody <laughs> having to talk to that guy. <laughs> uh yeah i know it's not i mean technically it's still in arlington though isn't it the the new stadium i know it's not arlington stadium but they still play in arlington don't they i thought it was just like right right across the parking lot or something in it
1: yeah they pretty much did like the Sox did they moved like right next door yeah they yeah built a nice new stadium from what it looks like but uh you know so it's, uh maybe we're talking. are we talking about the bears moving to Arlington no we're talking about the talking about the rangers well, you haven't heard this of uh, arlington Arlington racecourse yeah I'm not,
0: I... well i mean i certain you certainly aren't gonna hear about me uh me talking
1: about the bears yo oh, I know you're uh you're one of those farb guys oh
0: uh, you know what this is okay so here's here's part of the problem. see, I just froze your face. I can do that on command now I didn't even notice that oh that's awesome. Let's see if I
1: do it again. All right. Yeah, there we go. I got hey, it. Hey, I look like I've been smoking something other than cigarettes when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me
0: do that. Okay, there, cool. All right, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm gonna do this and then I can share it.
1: Uh, let's see. Uh... So yeah, we we won't talk about that. We won't talk about those guys up up north in the in the frozen tundra. Yeah, I mean to be honest, I don't want to talk about football. No, this is a White you know, Sox.
0: Yeah, so. I mean, you know, like, I'm just not, uh, I don't know. Like, I still like, you know, I, I enjoy watching football, but I just don't watch it that much anymore. TBH.
1: T- t- okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, you know, we touched on the, uh, the Lynn extension. And, uh, let's keep it moving on some other, uh, Good news here. I don't know if you had a plan for any of this stuff, but uh, earlier today I uh, I saw a notification come across the Twitterverse about uh, our center fielder, Mr. Luis Robert. Yes, sir. Uh, being cleared for a rehab assignment starting in uh, Winston-Salem. Here, He was cleared today. Yes, sir. I have to say I'm pretty stoked. I dig it. It sounds like he's about two weeks behind Alloy, barring setbacks, so I'm thinking, you know, mid-August here, we could have a somewhat uh, full outfield. Yeah, I mean,
0: imagine that. And, yep. uh, you know, like we've we've talked about this before, but, uh, you know, I mean, we're talking about a team that is uh nineteen games over five hundred. And uh you know, that's without Robert and Aloy. All right, so here we go. We'll uh I'm gonna start doing a little slideshow here.
1: <laughs> oh, this is gold.
0: Yeah, no, there's uh this one this one's even better.
1: Um mm. Oh, oh goodness! Goodness, yeah. I have, that's, there it is, there it is. Yeah, that's I'm some that's some good ago. stuff.
0: Um, and of course, you know, like this st- stupid thing, I got it. Uh, I can't, I uh, can't. Com- you can't completely appreciate it because I've got it. Uh, I got it minimized here.
1: Oh, but, uh,
0: finger guns. there you go, finger guns.
1: Yeah, buddy.
0: Yeah, that this is uh like we're we're talking a uh, a quality photo shoot that they did here, and uh, and the fact that they all made it out for people to see, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty that's, fantastic uh, stuff. Um, I know that there's a couple more in there somewhere, some other goofy ones, but gotta uh, love
1: the the eighties uh, porn stash as well too. Yeah. Oh, I didn't need just saw that Kem- Kendall uh, beat me to the punch there in the chat. But uh, the stash definitely does pull it all together.
0: Yeah, here's a, I mean, just like the, the obnoxious stuff that this guy does. Um, yeah. Oh, no, it didn't didn't show up. Where's it?
1: Screen uh, here, there we go. Oh, that's that's. Wow. Now that's one I could have done without. I I could have gone without seeing that one. What do you that's mean, brother? Of... <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh, that's a whole lot of sweaty man meat on the screen there. That uh, yeah, oof.
0: yeah, entertaining that, stuff, I'd you know.
2: Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, the
0: Brandon Belt, if it were that, is not Jake Paul. If it was Jake Paul, it'd have two black eyes. <laughs> yeah, that was Hunter Pence and uh, Derek Holland.
1: Two black eyes that's hilarious you know I actually have I'm gonna get off the I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on a, on a sidetrack here just really quickly I uh I have a friend that I grew up with who's a boxer who has been trying really really hard to start a YouTube and Twitter beef with uh Jake Paul just to uh just to get him in the ring and I'm pretty sure my buddy will beat on him badly but uh I don't know Anyways, moving you on. You know what?
0: I'll I'll give I'll give him credit. You know, like he's going against uh like legitimate fighters and I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Floyd Mayweather could have wiped him, you know, wiped the floor with him if he had wanted to. But I will say that, you know, he at least didn't look like a complete fool. I'll I'll give him that. He right, didn't look changed. like a
1: complete fool. Thanks, Chasing the Kwan. Chasing the Kwan. The Master of Quan. Little uh oh sorry, another football movie reference. I don't know what it is. I'm on the football thing today.
0: Yeah, the uh the Rod Tidwell reference. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, I mean there's been there's been some good things that have been happening on the uh on the White Sox front since uh the all star break. The the Luis Robert stuff is of course awesome. So he'll be starting with uh Winston Salem. So uh I don't know if you uh remember. I know you do, but I'm gonna say, um I don't know if, I don't know if you remember his last uh stint in uh Winston Salem. He had something like a uh I don't know, something absurd, like a thirteen fifty two OPS or something like that. Um yeah, which is I, like- I don't I imagine
1: he he will be moving up the ranks rather quickly, much like uh Eloy did in his yeah. first we I like I don't,
0: I mean what why bother sending him to Winston Salem
1: That's a good question. Uh I really can't answer that other than maybe you know just looking for some space to shuffle guys around for a, a quick moment but I you know I'm just throwing stuff out there that really doesn't make any sense to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't know. I'm like I'm just thinking of like uh I don't think you you know if you if you put him in Charlotte what, uh, what are you really, are you really stunting somebody's growth by sending him on a rehab assignment and having him play every couple of you know like in the outfield like every other day and d d like every other day? Are you really stunting somebody's growth? I mean, because when he goes to Winston Salem, like I mean, realistically, he's going up against tomato can pitchers. You know, like we're gonna be seeing if he's some...
1: not if if he's not you know juicing the ball all over the field. Uh, immediately then you know maybe there's something not right but honestly like you're saying tomato canes he's uh I, I can't imagine he'll be there very long you're talking about a guy who's a major done some really good things at the major league level there's no reason for him to be playing with the dash like ever
0: <laughs> yeah I, I don't know like that to me it just kind of seems uh seems kind of silly what taking the cautious approach Westcath. What about Westcath?
1: Yeah, Westcath. Good Westcath?
0: Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Oh, sad Juan Uribe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's pretty West good.
1: Westcath, great pickup in the draft. Great pickup. Yeah, no, yeah,
0: for sure. I'm super stoked. I mean, like, I didn't think that they would get both. Montgomery and Westcath. I mean, to me, like, that seemed like a, a pipe dream that was not going to uh, – not going to happen.
1: Oh, and to think that, you know, if their first-round pick in Montgomery wasn't there, Westcath was the guy they were going to grab at 22. And to be able to get him after that, it just, yeah, absolute steal. Absolute steal for the White Sox. Yet the – oh, you know, the people that do the grades – Oh, don't even have the Sox draft. You know, I guess it's it's tough to say that the Sox were in the top ten drafts or whatever you know grade wise when you're picking twenty two. But uh, for what they had and what they had to work with, where they were at in the draft, I you know, I can't complain. Yeah, uh, I mean, I believe it was the uh, oh, what's his name is escaping me now. The uh, the uh, the scout. Oh. The um, he, uh, Mike, he says, uh, yeah, thank you. Mike it's Shirley. Yeah. There you go. Mike Shirley. Yep. Uh, no. he says it was the best draft that the White Sox have ever had. So you know, I, there's I mean, that.
0: If you see, I mean, I don't I there's a uh, there's an article floating around, I don't know if you've seen it or not, about uh, Tanner McDougal and uh his elite spin rates and stuff. Yes. Um,
1: yes absolutely. I've read uh, a few of those.
0: Yeah, I mean, fifth round, and uh, ranked as, like, the top prep, you know, spin rate uh, machine out at the uh, the baseball combine. So, I mean, <laughs> obviously, you know, I, I've only seen, like, a little bit of footage and whatever, but, uh, you know, at least – There's looks appears to be something to build on with his natural spin rates that he generates, you know. So, yeah, I mean, there's like uh, that that draft does look, you know, it looks like it's pretty good. Uh, You know, the whole thing, we'll see how development goes and whatever
1: yeah, well you know, yeah, well, miss, you know but... and that's the thing with uh, when you go uh prep heavy at the top of the draft, uh it's gonna be some time before we see how any of that goes. uh, there's a lot of young talent across the board the last two drafts for the White sox, and uh, it's gonna be a few years before we see any of it coming to fruition. So all we can really do is kind of look at you know what's been reported on right now and you know where guys are at at their age in their age group and how they have performed against that age group. And we can kind of speculate and prognosticate where they sh- should end up, you know, in some time, but we're not actually going to see those, the real results for a couple of years here. So uh, everything looks good on paper as we, uh, as we sit here and talk about it now. And, yeah. I mean, uh, I guess I'll just. Leave it at that.
0: Yeah. And uh, from what I've seen uh, is that the, uh, the White Sox are going to sign all of those high schoolers that they drafted which is yeah. uh which is a big deal because uh the outfielder that they got later on in the draft is supposedly plus tools and loud loud contact i mean you know i mean they've there's some there's some things that look like they could be really interesting coming out of this draft, and they're young, you know, which is something that we haven't been able to say in years. You know, other than uh, a couple of international signings, you know, like these guys are kids fresh out of high school. So Uh, Grimtall says his dad could spin the ball, too. I would like to point out that this is Mike McDougal. His dad's Mike McDougal from the Cardinals system, not Mike McDougal that the White Sox had. Just want to clarify that. Uh, He was a six year minor leaguer uh, for the uh, Cardinals. His dad. Right. So um yeah pretty happy with the draft actually you know like I haven't actually uh, like we we talked I mean we just kind of glanced over it last time because it's like you know everybody else is doing a a draft review show and uh it's like
1: why bother talking about it in depth when everybody else is doing it but yeah and not only that I mean last time we were on we were on in you know mid draft the draft was still happening. So, you know, you could talk about the, the handful of picks that were made when we were on, but uh, in all honest reality, it was really kind of difficult to uh, assess the entire draft when, you know, you've only got four or five guys picked and you're moving on to the later round. So, but you know, all in all, and without, like you said, without getting deep into that conversation, uh you know all in all like we said it, it looks good on paper and uh Kendall mentions that uh the Sox being able or not being able to sign some of these guys was the big uh, a lot of big talk on social media well these these young players uh they they're they're going to forego signing to uh you know move on to their committed colleges so that they could you know possibly move up higher in the draft later on but you know, one of the things that uh, you got to remember is: is first of all, a guy who was drafted twenty second in the first round is not going to move up very much, if at all. And there's, you know, you're taking a chance of getting hurt. There was never a question that that guy was going to sign. Colson Montgomery was going to sign $3 million dollars.
0: That one for at, sure, yeah. That and West.
1: 18, and Westcat both are going to sign. Some of these other guys you kind of got to look at it and look at how the White Sox, especially some of the young pitching, some of the young prep pitching. Uh, and, you know, we didn't see more young prep pitching until, you know, as after the fifth round or whatever. And then we got a bunch of those college arms as well. But, um,
0: lots, of you know, you got to look
1: lots, tons, tons of relief pitching. But you got to think about it. A lot of the a lot of the college players are going to sign because where else are they going to go at this point? You know, you're you're a college senior. Uh, you're you, you still want to take a chance on yourself? So you're gonna you're gonna take that opportunity to play minor league ball and hope you develop. The other thing is the White Sox organization has been known to develop pitching pretty well for many 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 years. Uh, and on top of that, you're looking at a team that's built to win for a long time. So to you know, for these guys that have that opportunity to play for a club that, or possibly play for a club that looks like it's built to win for a long time. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot more guys take chances on themselves in that situation as well.
0: Well, I mean, as so. uh, Jerry Reinsdorf is probably going to end up uh, living till he's 135, these high school kids can also, <laughs> you know, look towards their uh, their kids playing for the White Sox and being drafted by the White Sox as well. Right.
1: Um, yeah, there is the loyalty factor as well. You're right about that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, also, uh, I don't know if you saw this one or not, but uh, the White Sox signed uh, Bill Seamus's kid, i did yeah
1: i did uh thank you to uh white Sox daily for uh keeping me abreast of that as a matter of fact i saw a tweet go out yeah there's been a
0: couple of uh couple of you know undrafted uh free agents that have signed um he's the only one that i really know much of anything about and uh, i only know what i saw from his stat sheet and his stat sheet you know it looks okay looks like there's uh you know, there there might be something to build on there, but I, you know, no expert on uh, Bill Seamus' kid at all. I can't remember what his uh, first name is.
1: You nor I are yeah. experts in that department. So.
0: Yeah, it's probably like, uh, you know, uh, what is, uh, it's probably some weird name. I think it's a weird name, if I remember correctly. I can't remember what it is, though. I'd have to look uh. it up, and I don't feel like it. No, me neither. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Um did you see that uh did you see that Mikeer Adolfo home run? Uh the walk-off home run from uh the doubleheader? Uh,
1: I did not actually, but I hear it was uh smoked if you will. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely annihilated. 500 footer. Or near 500 footer?
0: Uh, I mean, I think I I don't, I don't, I mean, here's the thing is that you can't really, the, the, the camera angles in Birmingham, uh, they leave something to be desired. And also it seems to me, you know, when I look at, uh, if you, you look at their, um, you look at their center field camera and it's, it's, uh, like, uh, potato vision, you know, it's, uh, if it, if the sun is behind home plate, which happens every day at like six o'clock in the afternoon, um, you can't even look the the center field camera. They stopped using it because it literally the screen just turns gray because when <laughs> the sun hits the plexiglass that's on it, it's so oxidized that it just uh, the refractions of the light and it just turned it like a milky white, and you can't see you can't see a thing. So uh, the, does uh, Birmingham
1: it, not have money to replace a piece of plexiglass?
0: I, you know what? Uh Julie Brady on uh on Twitter, uh destroy baseball. Um she is the future Sox uh person down in Winston Salem. And we've we've talked about this uh center field potato camp for literally like going on like four years now and it still hasn't gotten fixed. So I'm going to go ahead and say that uh it seems to be the last thing on the Baron's mind is fixing the uh the plexiglass out there. I can't explain it, but all I know is that I we have literally been talking about it for 4 years and we thought it was fixed at the beginning of this season. But it turns out that it was just because it was a night game.
1: Oh, ah, and and we behold. thought it was
0: better. It's not better. It's awful.
1: I mean, doesn't somebody have, like, a red hanky or something they could put over that thing, you know? Let's give it the old red light
0: special. Realistically, you know, you go down to Ace, you have them custom cut you some plexiglass, and then you just RTV that thing in place, and it's good to go. But, uh, you know, Uh, let me see if I can find this uh, Mike or Adolfo, this Mike or Adolfo bomb, because it is fantastic. Oh, and I I'd, I'd like to also uh let you know that uh today um I can officially say that I've uh that I've made it. Um Nancy yeah. Faust followed me on Twitter, so
1: uh hey, yeah, so that's good go. stuff. Oh, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. Did she play you a tune when she followed?
0: Uh no, but if you look uh on her uh on her Twitter Twitter profile, there's like uh or actually on her her timeline or whatever the heck you call it her uh tweet list or whatever the heck you call it um she's got all sorts of stuff for her plan uh playing the organ it's pretty pretty awesome it's a lot of fun
1: yeah she was uh she was a household name for many 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 years I had the opportunity to meet her once years ago uh before she retired and uh sweetest lady around Really, awesome. really awesome lady. She probably wouldn't remember meeting me. It was a, it was a very brief encounter, but uh, <laughs> nevertheless. Say, oh,
0: Danny Miller, yeah, yeah, I remember. Right, right,
1: nevertheless, <laughs> sweet lady.
0: <laughs> Why is this so difficult? I don't understand.
1: Andy the clown. Wow, we're really we're, we're digging, uh, we're digging A-N-T deep the there, Grimthel. I met rhubarb and Rippy couple of times too
0: ribby and rhubarb yeah buddy yeah like it's yeah it's, i i they how long were ribby and rhubarb around because i want to say that they probably came in like what like 82 or 81 and then they were gone really? by like 1990 that Did they sounds
1: have 10 about years i don't know you, re, you gotta be pretty close though I think the, the Sox went without a mascot for a while in between, right? Because uh Ruby Rubar did they went away? We didn't get Southpaw right away, did we?
0: No, I don't think so. I do not I had a chance so. encounter with him
1: at Southpaw in the stands a few years ago too. I mean, uh, I have a picture. My uh my buddy Ben Diablo and I uh got up in the aisle with him and uh you know, we said go socks and he just gave us the raspberries. He just farted. <laughs> he made fart noises. So yeah, that was Perfect. that was fun too. Yeah. Great, right. great, handsome gentleman there as well.
0: <laughs> Speaking of uh fine modern gentlemen, um I know you saw it, uh, that it posted. I don't know if you listened to it, probably not. You hear enough of my my yammering on here. But uh I did talk to uh the voice of the Birmingham Barons, Kurt Bloom, earlier this week. Uh actually last yes. week. Um that was a good time. Um, I haven't had the
1: opportunity to listen. Uh unfortunately between work and then this weekend, uh the wife and I spent uh camping and kayaking with uh some friends of ours. So uh I'm a little bit behind in my podcast listens, but I am gonna check out the uh White Sox uh talk back episode that you did. Uh, good uh last t- evening good
0: guys talk back yeah i'm sorry
1: yeah That's what did i say good what, uh, yeah good guys talk back uh i'll be listening to that over the next day or two here and i'll also be listening to the kirk bloom interview as well
0: all right i got it i finally found the stupid thing now let's see here let's see if i can't figure out a way to the do pride this. crew
1: are they aren't they they're not they're gone the pride crew now they're not gone anymore think they still come out and throw t-shirts around and do all that kind of stuff and dance on the the uh the tops of the dugouts every now and again no man i
0: i hope not (laughs) i'm just saying um man this is uh this is really potato vision but you know what i'll show it anyway you're right Uh, All right, let's see if I can't figure this out. It's going to take me a hot minute. Awesome thing about technology, not awesome thing about technology is knowing how to do this stuff, but uh, the fact that it just takes longer and it should be really simple, but it's not, which I apologize for to everybody that's in here. But I'll just go ahead and put the... Put a little guy up there. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll make it work. There
1: we go. Now it's... Ortega swing! fly ball!
0: It's gone!
2: Don't even turn around! It's over! Walk!
0: So, is there, uh, what's that
1: is, is there, is there a view where we actually get to see the ball leave the yard? I feel like, uh, no, no, really... there's not.
0: That's exactly what no. I'm saying is I have no idea how far <laughs> it went. Uh, other than that, uh, I know that it went really far. So, I mean, we're talking at least like 450 feet, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Kurt bloom was fired up to say the least. Uh, yeah, I know the, uh, yeah, the audio down there. I don't know. Uh, I don't know exactly what's going on with that. Um, other, other than Kurt Bloom can call a great game, and uh, yeah, those uh, the audio there. I don't know what's going on. Like it's like uh, somebody just said, "Oh, red, cool. I like red." You know, and yeah. then I just turned it all the way up so it's always in the red. That's the only thing I can figure because it's uh, that stadium's not too new. Uh, Regions isn't old. Um, I think that it got remodeled. That one got remodeled. I don't think it. Uh, I don't think it's brand new. The new, the brand new one is Canapolis, uh, uh, and then Winston Salem, and then Charlotte, and then Regent's Field. So I think Regent's Field's actually the oldest out of all of them. But uh, yeah, you know, I like, don't uh, think
1: Charlotte, Charlotte's a beautiful stadium. It doesn't oh, really. Great, need a whole yeah.
0: Yeah, it's great. I was, yeah, I didn't end up going. I was supposed to go on a vacation to go see my parents down in North Carolina last week, and didn't end up happening. Um, but yeah, we were gonna make it down there, and I was like, man, could have saw, saw an uh, an Eloy rehab game. Unfortunately, I probably fun. have to settle for a uh, Luis Robert rehab game if I go down there in a few weeks. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, that's, that's so tough. Well, you got to settle for a Luis Robert <laughs> yeah. rehab. Game. Yeah. Uh, did you see, uh, the, the tweet that I put out last night, the, uh, the Yermin, uh, Mercedes
1: numbers? Uh, no, that one I had, i missed as well. Yeah. I so... was just getting back into town late last night and, uh, uh yeah. and I turned the phone off because as soon as I got back into town, uh, you know, people start seeing the, the Facebook posts that the wife puts up and they're like, Oh, they're done. We can contact them again. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't want really to talk to anybody tonight. So <laughs> the phone kind of got turned off. That was that. Yeah,
0: so uh, he's been down there for 12 games as of yesterday. Um, His first game, he went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. And since then, he's got uh, five doubles, a triple, four home runs, 10 RBIs, scored 12 runs. He's got three walks, and he's hitting 314 with like a 1,035 OPS.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, we we said
0: when he got sent down that it looked like he was starting to figure it out again. And yeah. I think that he was probably super bummed on the first day that he got back to Charlotte. You know, but yeah. ever since then, he's just been murdering the ball.
1: And, you know, how do you keep a guy like that down? Honestly, with the, the first two months that he had and now he's tearing the cover off down there again. uh, Again. Uh, I don't know about you. I personally would love to see the Ermine Show come back to the South Side, <clears throat> but uh, there's this problem with uh, you know, there's only so many spots for a DH and a whole roster full of guys that people seem to think need to get those at bats. You know, like we keep so, on
0: saying, like when they DFA'd uh, Adam Eaton. It's just a problem telling. of having too much talent, you know? Got too many good players, right. you know? We had to get rid of Adam Eaton because we got too many good
1: players. Right, right. Yeah, that's it. It's our story and we're sticking to it. Yeah, uh...
0: so I'd say, like, the unfortunate thing about the about the your mean thing is, and then, uh, you know, like, of course, you know, like, I put out this tweet and everybody starts commenting, uh, you know, the negative stuff about it, you know, uh Oh, yeah, well, AAA pitching will do that. And so yesterday, this guy threw a 92-mile-an-hour fastball literally on the inside black of the plate, and he just turned on this thing, pulled his hands in tight, and hit the thing like 410 feet. I was like, you're watching this, and what you're getting out of this is that it's because it's a AAA pitcher, like the guy literally threw it in on his hands, and he still managed to pull in tight, barrel that thing up, and then hit it four hundred plus feet and you're telling me it's because of triple a pitch, okay dude, you know, and you know everybody is pointing out the uh the obvious thing, which is that it is unfortunate that he doesn't really have a position um, yeah he doesn't he doesn't have a i mean. He, Obviously, he's a catcher, and we've seen him at first base, and that's ugly. Uh, outfield's ugly. Third base is ugly. I mean, he's just not a good fielder. What he does is hit the baseball, and as I said when somebody mentioned you know something about that on the tweet, I was like, well, you know, he got sent down because he couldn't hit, and as a DH, if you can't hit, There's not much you can do. I mean, last year, you know, we went over this that uh, Luis Robert in September of last year and the last, I think the last week of August, he had the worst contact uh, percentage and highest whiff rate in Major League Baseball for like five weeks. And it started, I went back and looked because I was curious because it kind of piqued my interest when this guy mentioned that, uh, that he was just terrible. And I was so I went back and looked, and it was literally almost the exact same amount of at bats for Luis Robert between his hot start and when he started to slump. It was it was like a hundred and I think it was like a hundred and fifteen at bats, and for Yermeen, I think it was like a hundred and twenty three, where he really really started struggling. It's like the exact same time, and we noticed that just like last year with Luis Robert, where he started to seem seemed like he was starting to get it together uh, at the end of September going into the playoffs, and then he hit that 590-foot home run at Oakland Coliseum that he was starting to figure it out. And it took him about 90 to 100 at-bats for him to figure it out. And you're mean. Well, same. (coughs) Yeah, you guessed it. It was like 85 at-bats that he got sent back down after. And in the last, like, three games, four games that he played, it looked like he was starting to figure out what was going on. And so I respond to the guy. I'm like, so is Luis Robert bad as well? Should we send him down? Is he just a 4A player? You know, I mean, granted, Luis Robert – Great fielder, so he had value even when he was striking out a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean it, the thing is, out, is but... Luis Robert can play the entire outfield damn near by himself. Yeah, no, I because he runs like a gazelle and he catches everything that is hit anywhere, and you know he's 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 a five tool player.
0: Yeah, a five tool
1: player. I'm... Unfortunately for yeah. your main, that is not the case.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I so just... I, the reason but, I brought it up, bat, though,
1: you know. The reason I brought it up, though, is do you, with the limited uh, sample size that we have on your mean, do you feel like there's any trade value for your mean? And I hate to even bring that up because I would love to see the your mean show come back to the south side. Yeah, I feel really bad but, about it. I, you know, but, uh, I, I there really the is nowhere to put him. There really yeah, is no. no there's no place where I'm on the team, unfortunately. See, now here's the thing, uh, he, though. he got an opportunity because of some unfortunate circumstances early that in That is
0: true. But who's to say, you know, you say that there's no place for him. Sheets and Berger are hitting right now. But who's to say that when they get to 85 at-bats, 100 at-bats, that they don't go through the exact same thing? And then at that point do we say you know we give them like uh 3 weeks to try and figure it out and if they don't and they're not back to hitting you know 325 with a 900 OPS do they go down and if that's the case i mean your means probably going to be down there for another you know for another month they'll get sent back down and he'll get brought back up unless you trade him and i yes to to answer your question i do think that he has value As much as a defensively deficient um, no position DH can have, I'd say that's the kind of (laughs) the kind of value that he has. Which you know, like in reality, I don't know how much value that actually is. Now, last year had uh, stupid Ricky gotten your means some at-bats then, and had they utilized the monster offensive month and a half that he had, or month that he had, then, instead of in April of this year, maybe last year if we had a DH, who knows what we would have done. instead, I'm just trying to get Edwin going, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, like he's a, he's a veteran guy, you know, he'll get it going. I'm just, I gotta, we gotta keep on playing him, you know, he'll get there. You know,
1: eventually. The crazy the crazy thing about that was, is I remember specifically Ricky doing a post-game interview where he said, I looked at the numbers and I seen that it typically takes Edwin about a hundred at bats to get going nearly every year. And then we got to 140 bats. We got to 160 at bats, and Edwin still wasn't doing anything, and yet we saw him trotted out there nearly every game.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, you know,
1: you'd get the you'd get the Zach Collins sighting every now and again, and your mean Mercedes gets one at bat.
0: Yeah, you'd have your you'd have your week your weekly two at bats of Zach Collins. You know, right. like that's what you have. Meanwhile, your means down in Charlotte hitting 325 with a 1000 OPS and. He comes up and he gets one one six pitch at bat. And then that's the only at bat he gets for the whole year. Travesty. Absolute travesty. Yeah. Waste. I mean, realistically wasted season last year with that mongoloid as the manager. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Andrew Vaughn. Same thing. Yeah. No, I mean, it took Andrew Vaughn. uh Took Andrew Vaughn a little while, and you know he's uh, he's starting Did to pick I lose it up the now. Chat again? You know he's he's dangerous. What's that? Did I lose the chat again? I don't know. Uh, it's Andrew Vaughn. Same thing though. That's what that's what. Uh...
1: Yep, yeah, I lost it. I, last thing I have is from Grimtal. September's gonna be fun.
0: Yeah, no, this is yeah. after that.
1: Let me do a refresh, and because uh... you know I love talking with you guys. Uh, all of you are uh, pretty insightful. And quite funny at times. So I'm going to jump back in and see how this goes.
0: Yeah, a certain uh, other thing. uh, We did get an email earlier this week that uh, we did make an affiliate on Twitch. So um, soon-ish we'll be getting uh, emotes and that kind of thing if you are so inclined to do that kind of thing. Oh, hey, there you are. I see you.
1: I'm uh, I'm doing something here, and let's see if I get everybody else. Did you get me? I just sent you one.
0: Yay! Poopy paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, so the Houston series, uh, we ha- haven't really talked about that other than uh, complaining about uh, the Twins Twins two games today. Uh, but um,
1: not much c- to complain about in the Houston series.
0: Yeah. Cease uh, on Friday not great but not terrible um you know not uh not anything that uh you know is going to earn him a demotion or anything like that it just wasn't uh wasn't as good as we were hoping for and it comes against the, the number 1 offense in the league and uh Carlos Rodon and Giolito the next two days uh well I guess Giolito and then Rodon Uh, came out the next two days and said, we don't care that you're the number one offense in baseball. We're not going to let you hit it. And uh, four hits and one run in two games. Uh, Giolito, complete uh, complete game. And then uh, Rodon for seven innings and then uh, Kopech for the eighth and then Hendricks for the ninth. And uh they throw a combined uh one hit shutout. Um yeah, there's not, not a whole lot to uh complain about. You really, uh
1: you can't ask for much more. You know, your offense is putting up eight, ten, eleven, twelve runs against uh what was uh supposed to be one of the better teams out there. Yeah. And uh, they uh they stood up after taking the for the loss in the first uh game of the series. They stood up and uh really did a lot of good from there on out so kudos for them
0: yeah on saturday night uh burger hit his first home run which was annihilated 456 feet to uh left field almost hit it onto the concourse for crying out loud like right down the line um yeah i mean the offense was cranking and then on uh, sunday you know they did okay you know they didn't uh, score, you know, eleven runs, but you know they did. Uh, they did their part of the job, and uh, Carlos looked like a uh, Cy Young candidate.
1: Yeah, when Carlos is dealing, you don't need more than four runs. Yeah, I mean, you know, we go back
0: to this winter, three million dollars, and people getting super aggravated about the White Sox being cheap and spending three million dollars on Carlos Rodon.
1: I think I know a couple of people that were actually really ecstatic about that signing.
0: Looks like a good signing now. You know. Uh so right now as yeah, as of last night, um after that start last night, Carlos Rodon was number one in AL in ERA, ERA plus, uh whip, fip, hits per nine, K per nine. And then uh, RE24, and uh, there's a couple other ones that I'm uh, forgetting off the top of my head. Um, I have to actually look at the uh, the tweet that I sent out. But, I mean, he is first in most of the important categories that people who look at stats actually look at, as opposed to wins and losses and, uh, you know, innings pitched, which, you know, innings pitched are nice. Wins are Nice, but you know, as as far as things that the pitcher actually controls, Carlos Rodon has every single one of those categories on lock, and the guy, he looks nearly untouchable this he, season. It's ridiculous, and the thing is, is that if you look at those stats and then you look at the guy who's second, which a lot of the time is Garrett Cole um he's pretty far behind Rodon as far as that stuff goes i mean you're you know like uh in the uh the uh e r a plus uh, he's, i think he's something like uh twenty back um in the fip i wanna say it's like a half a run almost uh in the whip That's huge. it's that's yeah, i mean that's big yeah i mean it, these are you know, his K per nine, he's one point two strikeouts per nine behind Carlos. I mean, we're talking big gaps in between what he's doing and what the guy in second place is doing. I mean, it's
1: it's not close. And the right. fact that And you, you, know, you gotta think that uh, you know, between him and, and Lance Lynn's gotta be in the conversation as well.
0: Yes, Grim Tall, you know, that, he that might is have... good.
2: Oh,
1: I lost the chat again. Dang it.
0: Man, what's going on with you in that chat? I don't understand. You always lose know. the chat. You know, there's uh, on the gear up in the top right. Uh, there is an option for chat only, without video. And if you do the chat only, you might not lose the chat. Possibly. Let's try that. And yes, Grimtall, I will say that uh, I think that Carlos's numbers are good. I mean, you know, objectively speaking, of course. Um Lance Lynn also on those leaderboards uh quite a bit. And I think that, you know, today will help that case because he only gave up uh a run. Um I wanna say that uh for most of the categories that Lynn was in the top ten on, he was usually in the like the the top three or four for most of those uh most of those categories. So yeah, putting up two thousand fourteen Kershaw numbers. Well, Kershaw is putting up two thousand fourteen Kershaw numbers. He's got like a point. Uh, was that like a point point nine oh eight whip or something like that? Like he's not. Yeah, he's not walk. giving up any hits either.
1: Or walks, which yeah. you know he's never really done a lot of anyway. So.
0: Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. I mean, you know, Kershaw. He had a. He had a couple of seasons where you know. It, took a little bit of a downturn and everybody was thinking that uh, well not everybody but uh, a lot of people were talking about Kershaw being on the downside of his career and then he comes out this year and all the guys uh, not all the guys mind you but uh, a lot of guys that were using that, uh, that spider Tax stuff their numbers are uh, a little less uh, dominant than they used to be. And uh, one of the other guys is in, is going to be in jail soon. So yeah. there's that.
1: Yeah. And that, guy's, he, that guy likes to still talk a lot. Man. He's got a lot to say for somebody I, who is looking uh, pretty guilty.
0: I really don't want to get into that whole thing.
1: No, that's um, why I didn't really make a big mention of it. But
0: uh, Yeah, I, that's the first time I've mentioned it. Uh, I think maybe it's the second time I've mentioned it, but I will say that I did read that uh, athletic article and I talked to Grimtall about it, uh, who mentions that uh, Dodgers have the six worth defense in the NL and he's had to pitch over bad defense, which yeah. Yeah. that, Yeah. And have not having Mookie, you know, with like the, uh, you know, him being in and out with like a bad back. I think it's a bad back. I think it's a bad back. Um, yeah. Yeah, not having him out there doesn't help.
1: And uh, yeah, not that... having him on my fantasy team doesn't help either. Mookie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I do enjoy my uh, Clayton Kershaw on my fantasy team.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I enjoy yes. my Lance
0: Lynn. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the uh the athletic article. On that whole uh, tuberculosis situation, TB. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is, uh, it's ugly. And, um, innocent until proven guilty. Right. But, uh, I don't know, in the court of public opinion, that guy's it's not looking real good. That guy's going to go to jail for a really long time. If if what is mentioned in that article, if there is a modicum of truth to that article, I don't. Could happen any to way way. nicer guy. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I don't see. Could happen nicer guy. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, <laughs> I'm being, you know, know facetious. The guy's a bit of a.
0: No, no, yeah, no, I get it. I just I Yeah, uh yeah, Grimtall, I'll 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 cut it out for you and and shoot it over. It's uh it's ugly, man. Um Yeah, I I just I'll I'll stop there cuz th- that's not something that you, that, that I really need to uh Yeah, we don't riff have to on, respond on that. Yeah. yeah, it's uh it's ugly though, man. Um yeah, but uh Yeah, Kershaw's doing great.
1: So uh So we got a we got a few minutes left here. Yeah. Uh do you want to you want to switch gears a little bit real quick? Yeah. Um so we're uh, we're nearing we we've kind of touched on this a few times over the last two or three uh streams. And uh we have asked our listeners and our viewers to uh, you know, come up with some scenarios of what they think might happen or what they would like to see happen. But let's we're, let's talk about the trade deadline a little bit. We're we're getting close now. Uh we're about uh what is today? The uh the, what today? I don't even know what today's date is. Seventeenth, sixteenth? <laughs> I think it's the eighteenth. I don't
0: even know. No, it's the nineteenth. Yeah. It's the nineteenth. Okay, Yesterday sure. was the eighteenth.
1: Man, yeah. I I'm, I'm so lost. I don't We even... got 11 days. 11 days, days of the trade of 11 deadline. days, yeah. Uh um, what do you think uh is the biggest need for the White Sox? And uh, where's your head at on what you to uh go after the guys you see uh filling some holes for the Sox right now? Yeah, Grimtall says
0: basically the same thing. He says, so theoretically, if to get a second baseman, which reliever would you trade, not trade? And, I, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I think that those are the two biggest needs is second base and relief pitching. Agreed. So if I'm going to trade to get a second baseman, the last thing I'm going to do is give up a reliever to get a second baseman right we
1: need a reliever why are we giving one up
0: yeah exactly and i so last night uh charlotte knights were up 12 i think uh was it uh 11 to 7 going into the ninth inning and uh jace fry gave up five runs and then uh yeah, then they ended up losing thirteen to twelve and your mean hit a home run in the ninth, but ultimately it didn't end up mattering because they still lost by a run. Um but I think that uh Yeah, see uh, well a veteran reliever, yeah. I I'm not gonna yeah, I assume that you're saying, well, yeah, you're not gonna give up a veteran reliever, or are you saying that we are gonna give up a veteran reliever? Because I don't think the White Sox are giving up any relievers. That, that like that's the last thing in the world that they're going to be willing to part with.
1: I think yeah, I think that's a bad move in general.
0: Yeah, and I know that uh moving. Kendall mentioned that uh Nightingale had said something about a reliever going for Escobar. And uh asking me if I believed that rumor whether it was true or not. Night. I don't know, man. I can't I, like I said, I don't think that they're going to be willing to give up a reliever of any sort. I I don't care whether it's a guy in. Tra- I mean, you know, if you're going down to double A or something like that, maybe. But it's going to be somebody that's going to be a project. It's not going to be somebody that's major league ready. It's going to be somebody that somebody else is going to have to continue to develop to get him to the major leagues, because otherwise they'd be like, well, we'll use him. <laughs> why Why do we want to give him to you? You know, so. Yes, Nightingale is indeed a clown. Trade a younger guy for a second baseman and trade for a veteran reliever. Yeah, that's yeah, that's how I that's kind of what I think, you know. I think that uh that that's the two biggest spots that the White Sox need help in and I the thing that I'm struggling with is who uh who we're going to get, you know. Like I would like to get Frazier and Rodriguez. I would love to get that package. But the thing is, is that what are you going to have to give up to get those guys? And I think that right. probably if you're going to, I mean, you're talking, uh, I don't know what Rodriguez has left on his contract. I'd have to take a look at that. But Frazier's got one year after this year. um, So um, you're going to have to give like, up, you know, for like, with with a year of control, you're going to have to give up
1: something to be able to get
0: And then you got got
1: that other guy, you know, Nick Madrigal coming back next year. You're not going to put Nick Madrigal or Tim Anderson on the bench or Yuan Moncada or anybody else in your infield to start, you know, Clint Frazier every day next year. So there's that as well. Uh, Unless, you know, your plan is to trade Frazier in the offseason. Or one of the other three, which, you know, now you're talking about trading a guy who's only got one year left on his deal. And uh, it's not a cheap year. And then there's the other thing that Clint Frazier is having a career year. And I, you'll hear the Clint people talking about,
0: what about Adam I'm Frazier?
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, Adam Fraser. Sorry. No, Adam Adam Frazier is having a career year. And then the people that, you know, the batting average people, well, he's got a career batting average of 280 plus. Yeah, but uh, you know the 320 that he's hitting right now, and they're uh, you know the power that has come around. And he, he, is he going to do that again next year? Yeah, he's I, he's not done that before. True, maybe once maybe once before he's had a season like that. But
0: yeah, I mean there's well, I mean here's the thing is that yeah, Madrigal is going to come back, but Frazier can also play the outfield and what having frazier does for you is that it gives you a competent right fielder for next year um and allow, it buys you another year you know i mean i've watched uh Uelke Cespedes, and uh you know they mentioned it in the uh futures game that uh Uelke put on a you know a power display in batting practice That's awesome, and I've seen him do that in the game a couple times, but I've seen a lot of other games where he's putting on a strikeout display, you know, and we're talking, you know, like he's hitting 220, 230, something like that right now. He's not there yet, and he's in high A ball. He's not there yet. He's not ready, and so for every, you know, for all the people that are, projecting him as next year's starting right fielder
1: blow the f down yeah <laughs> i
0: he's not i don't think that he's you know he's not what you think he is you know i mean what about
1: oscar kolos
0: yeah which also again he hasn't played by the time he plays you know coming he's up he's not
1: even he, guaranteed to be yeah well, yeah first of all
0: yeah yeah technically i mean you know he's got a a, a gentleman's agreement in spot but he, you know he doesn't have the doesn't have that money in hand yet so you know and again has no just guarantees. like
1: just like yoelki he's got to go through the naturalization process yep same which same thing it takes
0: time yep and then he's going to have to come back to playing baseball and he's not going to be ready to to hop out on the major league certainly not on the major league field right off the bat right. you know right. so i mean you need more than likely to buy yourself an additional year in right field. If you want to avoid what you did this year, which was sign Eaton or something along those lines where it's like, uh, you know, a wing and a prayer, you're hoping that that he can come in and play halfway decent or stay halfway healthy, you know, which obviously, as you saw this year, did not work out. And, uh, yeah, so I that's where I sit with that. Uh, as far as uh, Richard Rodriguez goes, um, he has two more years of control, Arb 2 and 3, in 22 and 23. So, you know, you're going to have to put out some big prospects here, you know, or a lot of them, in order to get a Richard Rodriguez and Fraser package. And I... We've seen this story before, where people have said, "Oh yeah, let's just trade for, uh, let's trade for this uh, high-profile power hitter, and also their best reliever, who happens to only be, who happens to also be the only other good player on their team, and we'll send them Blake Rutherford and uh, Jonathan Stever." You know, like these are the kind of trades that you hear all the time, and we know that these teams are. They are not keen on doing package deals like this on guys, on multiple guys that are controllable for controllable for longer than a year, unless it's like they're sending somebody big out and getting those players. You know, right. like that's the only right. the controlled players that are good in major leagues do not get packaged together. It's like the people that are saying, uh, "What is it, Kennedy and Gallo?" You know, from right. the Rangers, not right. gonna happen. You know, I don't.
1: You know, and we're talking about Pittsburgh here as well too. You're talking about a team who's in the the dregs of baseball at the moment that needs some help at rebuilding a once uh very competitive ball club, you know, back in the McCutcheon days, you know what I mean? Uh they're not looking to just get a little something back. They they're they're cut they're cutting players because they're bad. They're going to deal some guys that are bad. To help build their future. Yeah. This isn't just oh we suck so you can just take these guys just have them. Yeah, we're not gonna roll these.
0: Uh, we're not gonna roll these uh, two guys up in a burrito and ship them to you for a dollar fifty nine. You know, off the Taco Bell menu. You know, like right. you are going to have to put out a smorgasbord for each one of these guys if you want to get them, because they're trying to get the max value out of what they have. Charrington's not just gonna give you. Frazier and Rodriguez, and and you know, and get two prospects back. That's that's not what's happening. One of them, and two for two prospects that might happen. And at that point, you're also talking, you know, like MLB ready prospects. If you're going for either of those guys, probably, you know, you're probably talking like a, you know, a burger plus somebody else. That's, you know the you know, thing relatively is, close right.
1: and and there's there's the other part of this too which you know it might sound stupid but Rick Hahn has gotten himself a bit of a name as a savvy gm especially in the in the world of the trade market uh he has you know i won't say he has fleeced some clubs but it over the you know the the rebuild you could say that he has done much better than the GMs he has made deals with. And do you want to be, do do you think these, these GMs want to be the next victim in that notch on the bedpost? Right. You know, you can't tell me that that's not in the back of a GM's mind. I mean, it's, it might be, it might sound uh, a little, uh, I don't know, personal. You know, we don't really think of these people as, 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 people sometimes we, we we just we see an executive but uh just like you or i you know the media is going to jump on somebody's of these guys the local fans are going to jump on some of these guys if certain things of that nature were to happen and nobody wants to pitch forks and torches outside their office window
0: yeah uh grim mentioned some things here that i think are are fairly uh astute observations uh when dealing with this topic is that uh you know we've all seen the white Sox sign a guy or trade for a guy and then watch them regress when they get here that man that sounds awful um steve stone tweeted a few days ago that everyone is asking for the moon for their players yeah i saw that tweet as well and uh I mean, at this point, you know, 12 days out and like uh, like three weeks, four weeks out, when people were already talking about us trading for Escobar and Frazier and whatever other second baseman was halfway decent, uh, Javi Baez. You know, if you're trying to trade for a guy five, six weeks before the trade deadline, you're going to pay a premium because they know that you're looking at that particular time and they know that you're kind of desperate to get that guy so they're, of course they're going to ask for the moon uh, major trades he did selling off veterans those teams all won World Series which is true uh, Sale got his with the Red Sox and then uh, well actually Quintana the Cubs won the Cubs didn't win a World Series but not after we traded Quintana so there is that they tried and failed I yes, take they did. I take great joy in saying that. Uh yeah, 2018 <laughs> they they're building they, a dynasty. Yeah, exactly, the dynasty uh <laughs> um yeah, they got uh Quintana and they would not have made the playoffs without Quintana that year. But they did not have the horses to get it done, which uh is fantastic.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I agree, the, Kendall. Yeah. Everyone is prospect hogging. By the way, uh, it, that seems to be a, a league-wide thing. Yeah, totally. At the moment, yep. Nobody wants to give up these
0: young, controllable guys anymore. That's what they're trying to get back when they're trading you somebody. Is that they're trying to get all your uh, your your young, your really young players? That seems to be the uh the big trend now. Is that everybody's trying to grab your seventeen-year-old uh, Dominican? and Panamanian players that they coveted when the signing period was going on. Those are the guys that they're trying to grab. And uh, realistically, the White Sox, they have a couple of those guys. And uh, it might take, you know, like a Jose Rodriguez or a Brian Ramos or something like that, one of the A-ball guys, one of the younger Uh, mashers that the White Sox have. It might take something like that for one of these deals to get done. Who knows? Maybe even Elijah Tatis. Certainly wouldn't want to give up on another Tatis, even though uh, in the uh, weirdly named ACL League. (laughs) ACL. Who who allowed you guys to name it that? Uh, But um, the uh, Combine League, um, he went like uh, last time I looked, he was like 0 for seventeen with like thirteen strikeouts. Uh, really ugly. But um, yeah, 0 for thirty two, yeah, o for thirty two with twenty seven strikeouts, something like that. Is It is really bad. Yes, the uh, yeah, something complex league, combine league, whatever the heck it is, whatever it is, ACL. That's not what I want is the uh the title for the uh for the for the little kids league. Which especially with
1: a historically uh injury prone oh, season. Yeah, this season. At right now.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, and I don't know if did you, have you looked at any of the uh ACL league, uh the AC league. Yeah, A C League. That's better than ACL. Uh the AC League, did you have you looked at any of those stats for any of those guys? Me? Yeah. No, I depend on you for that. Okay, that's, yeah, that's, don't that's don't, what, look.
1: don't look. Don't. That's what that's what Ian Eskridge is here for.
0: Yeah, do not <laughs> look. I have purposely not said a word about it because, oh man, is it ugly. Uh, and you know, like the thing was, is that uh, you know we knew coming into this year uh, with the assignments that uh, the White Sox did that they did get really aggressive with a lot of their younger players uh, with their assignments, and. Uh, it's shown uh it's taken like some of the more uh how should i say uh advanced of the younger players those guys are doing pretty well in in a ball but uh the guys that uh you know played a couple weeks of dsl ball 2 years ago that were like 17 18 years old then that got put in a ball those guys those guys struggle like Benjamin Bailey he uh yeah he had a rough time um there's a couple of guys that uh did not do well i will say though um there's been a nice pleasant surprise in uh, a ball for canapolis uh, Samil Polanco. um he's he's uh he's starting to he's putting together a season down there he might be somebody that's uh worth watching um so we'll take we'll take a look at the uh we'll take a look at some of the some of those numbers at some point here, uh when they become like more real. You know, I mean he's only I think he's been with the cannonballers for a month ish. He was uh he started out in Arizona in their uh their rookie training camp down there and uh extended spring training, uh, minor league spring training, whatever. And uh yeah, he's uh he's put up some nice numbers. Uh some contact – like high contact uh, and he's actually hit for uh a little bit of power even, you know. I mean, he's not necessarily a, a power guy. He's uh more of a speedy uh on base uh singles guy, but uh not too bad. Yeah, OPS is still meh. Yeah, he, yeah, Samil's OPS is he's not gonna be he's gonna be more along the lines of a uh of like a, a magical kind of guy with a little with, with more pop than magical more than likely probably uh you know like a doubles machine kind of guy um at least that's what i'm hoping i'm hoping for uh you know like one of those uh
1: not expecting a lot of walk out of him though huh
0: well i mean it's in a ball it's uh i'd say that especially this year um with the pandemic year last year i think that the uh the pitching has been so awful and these guys are uh they've had so much time off that they're all pressing to swing as much swing as possible yeah. yeah it's yeah. there's there's not a whole lot of uh no not a whole lot of plate approach um uh Tatis Jr's numbers he had no numbers uh Tatis Jr was traded when he was 17 had not played a single game for the White Sox organization. So he had no numbers. The He was an unknown commodity, and uh, this is one of those things that just really gets on my nerves is the uh, – Hindsight people that uh, you know make fun of the White Sox for trading Fernando Tatis like they were trading the number one overall prospect in baseball or that he was close to being the number one overall prospect in baseball. If you look at his numbers, A, he didn't play one single organized game for the White Sox. Hadn't even gone to – I don't think he'd even gone to the DSL yet, if I remember correctly. uh, In fact, I'm was pretty Was he positive. even a ranked prospect No, at all? he wasn't. No, he right. wasn't ranked I don't think, in the – Yeah, he wasn't ranked in the top 30 White Sox prospects. In fact, I I mean, he wasn't even a top 30 White Sox prospect. Like, nevertheless, a top 100 prospect in baseball. He was not even a top 30 ranked player for the White Sox. And um, the DSL league, he played for the Padres uh, the the next year. And uh, he played there, and he played the rookie league. And he didn't actually start really hitting until uh, the next season after that, the second half of that second season that he was with the Padres. So, like, he he didn't like uh, his strength, he got a lot stronger in between uh, his 18 and 19 year old uh, season. And so his power spiked. And he started hitting the ball with more authority, so his his BABIP went up, his average, his OPS, all that stuff started going up a full calendar year and a half after he was gone from the White Sox. Now, some people say that the scout, you know, like the, some of the scouts say that, you know, that uh, everybody, you know, like the guys that were watching it could see that it was probably on the horizon. But the thing was is that, yeah, it could have been, but people said the same thing about Mike Rodolfo. And now he's 24 and he's still in double A because he's had years of injuries and stuff like that, you know? <clears throat> and Fernando Tatis Jr.'s already been out for a back for, you know, three months out of a season. So, you know, who's to say that he couldn't end up being the exact same thing where, yeah, he came up and had like a really flashy, like, first two years but then he's out of baseball because he's got a bad back. I mean, you have no idea what's coming,
1: you know? And, you know, let's not ignore the fact, too, that uh, Tatis has had this shoulder situation that they have talked about that he's had issues with for apparently years, missed some time when he popped this thing out early this season. Yep. And it sounds like it could on a backswing. That was ugly. And sounds like it could be an issue for, I mean, if it's been going on for years already, this could be, it could turn out to be an issue for years to come. So, yeah, he's like
0: 28 years old and he's going to have arthritis in his back and his shoulder, you know?
1: Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's no guarantee that he's going to be this, you know, amazing superstar that people are already claiming he is, considering the fact that, you know, he likes to kick the ball around the field a lot too. He'll make that amazing play. He'll make that amazing play that makes, you know, the, da-na-na, da-na-na, and, t- you know, the very next play, he'll, uh, you know, he'll he'll lay one.
0: Well, yeah, it's like you see, like, most of his, uh, his highlight reel plays are on jumping catches because he's a tall, lanky guy, you know? So right. he's jumping and making these crazy catches. The problem is is that when he doesn't catch one that hasn't hit the ground yet, or when he catches when, you know, like when he has to go for a ground ball and then he has to throw it to first, that's where he really has his issues is that he likes throwing the ball into the other dugout, you know? So, right. uh, they don't call him Tati six for nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, did I see by ba- Baez today, go full Andy Gonzalez. I did not. Uh, what did he do? I, and I like, that's another thing is that everybody's trying to project uh, Javi Baez coming over to the White Sox and it playing just second I was just going base. to mention
1: that actually. We were since we were on the trade. Uh, yeah, no thanks. The, you know the trade talk. Uh, I've heard that one talked about a lot. South the guys over at Southside Showdown seem to think that that's uh you know the best move the Sox can make, or at least you know a couple of their writers over there. Yeah, have seen that one a few times. Uh, yeah, same that's... thing from uh, Sporting News Weekly, I believe. Uh, they're real high on that move as well too and yeah I don't know about that one man yeah, I'm everybody not, not trying to it.
0: get everybody wants to see ex-Cubs on the White Sox everybody you know like I actually I got asked about it on the uh, on the Good Guys Talk Back uh, podcast asking me you know like if I would want uh, Chris Bryant or uh, Craig Kimbrell or something on the Cubs and my you know it's like the the thing is, is that are both of them good players? Yes, but I well, don't. Kimbrel's only that
1: it, shown shades of his old self, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, he's yeah, not the, he's got a point five. He's five not the guy who's gonna, though, you know, you know,
0: yeah, he's he's, he's he's got some. He's he's pitched well this year, but the thing is, is that I don't. You know what I? You know, like the answer that I gave them was that I don't want to pay what it's going to cost to get either one of those guys for the
1: White Sox. Uh, you know, I just Well, you yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure the Cubs are feeling uh the uh Quintana slash Eloy trade. And you know, Jason Panetti likes to remind them as often as possible. So I like that about him. Uh, I do too. Uh so you know I, I can imagine that uh, you know, the next go round with the Cubs is going to be costly no matter what, and I would imagine Rick Hahn's gonna hang up the phone.
0: Yeah. I'd say that's fairly accurate. Well, uh, we're at about uh, two hours, so I think that uh, it's about time to call it. You got anything, uh, any parting words of wisdom?
1: No. uh, Let's just say that I hope uh, we don't see more of what we saw today uh, as far as managerial decisions go uh regardless of the outcome of game two today's double header uh thank you to gavin sheets for the uh walk off heroics tonight yeah and uh go go white socks that's about all i got
0: at clean sheets 24 on twitter gavin sheets um yeah um that's uh i don't know
1: good talk couple hours um Thanks for everybody in the chat for uh, coming out and uh, keeping the talk going. You guys have been uh, funny yeah. and insightful all night long. So we appreciate chat. you. We love it. You, the real MVP. Um, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So uh, at White Sox or at Daily White Sox on Twitter, uh, whitesoxdaily.com, uh, whitesoxdaily on Facebook, Uh White Sox Daily on Instagram for pictures of Danny and a man Um I think that's about it. <laughs> I think that's about it for the week. Uh thanks for yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for uh everybody in the chat. Thank you for taking a listen. Uh you can catch this uh in podcast form on uh most of the major uh podcast purveyors. Uh Tell a friend uh yeah so uh hopefully by next time uh i don't know how long this process is going to take with this affiliate nonsense hopefully uh we can get that thing sorted and uh get some super sweet emotes going on i don't know uh i've heard that there's a limit on the amount of mo- emotes we get but uh i don't know. We'll have to come up with something obnoxious for sure um, absolutely yeah but uh For White Sox Daily, my name is Ian Eskridge, and for my co-host, Danny Miller, you guys have a good night. Thanks.